What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Investor Creator. Really glad that you're with us today because we have a really special episode. This is one of our support calls. So in the apprenticeship, we've got a really amazing group of people that are growing their business, that are creating notes, that are creating owner financing for themselves and their business and doing deals that they've never done before. And so this is one of the support calls that we have twice per week with me and the group. And I'm, I'm teaching people deal structure based on the position that they have in these deals. We're talking about marketing. We're talking about infrastructure and deal structure and how to negotiate. A lot of really great stuff that I think you guys are going to like. And I thought it would just be fun to share with you guys. So we have a lot of different situations. Now, one thing I want to caution you on, it may be kind of difficult to follow the numbers because when I do these calls, I have my whiteboard up, I have my video and all that going, and you guys don't have that. So there are going to be times when we get into the numbers, we're talking about cash flow created, or we're talking about yield. And that's okay that you don't follow it 100%. But I did want to share this with you guys because I think it has a lot of value to it. And you're going to begin to see deal structure in a different way based on how we do things and how we create financing. So did want to share this with you guys. And without further delay, here's our support call from just the other night. The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Um, wanted to share something. I, I went to a, a mastermind group over the weekend with David, and we had about 50 people there, a good group. And there was one thing that kept happening that I thought was really interesting. So, you know, we're near the end of the year. And um, one of the main questions that I, I kept receiving was, well, how many deals have you done this year? And the answer to that is I have no idea. Like I genuinely couldn't tell you within two dozen. And the, the thing is, it's not something that I track because I just don't care. So I, you know, I have this idea that deal flow is vanity and cash flow is sanity. So you know, I, I'm not really interested in, in how many transactions I do. I'm interested in the equity position and the cash flow because I have a friend of mine and she was doing 150, 160 wholesale deals a year. And that was her goal. So uh, this time last year, she was shooting for 160 and she was in the 150s. And so she was buying, she was buying. And, um, you know, I said, well, you know, the last 10 deals, would you have bought those in February? And she said, well, probably not. So, you know, she was just trying to hit a goal that really wasn't aligned with, with the goal should be aligned with. You know, what we're looking for is building passive cash flow. We're looking for equity positions, strong, good deals. We're not looking for transactions. So if I could do one deal a year and hit my numbers, I'm 100% happy to do that because that's efficiency, right? And that's what we're looking for. So just wanted to share that with you guys. I thought that was interesting and just kept coming up. Uh, had a great time. That being said, happy to open it up to anybody that has anything to talk about. Uh, Brad, excuse me. I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, I had a seller come back and say, Sure, I'll sell you my house. You can have it for two hundred and fifty thousand. My interest uh, at two hundred and fifty thousand. What did he mean by that? I mean, that was kind of a confusing response. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I tried to get him on the phone, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't been successful so far. So I was just wondering. So we haven't spoken with him yet. No, I have okay. not spoken. It's just, it was just a text message saying, sure, you can have my interest in it for 250000 Okay. Well, I mean, a couple of things that come into mind, maybe he's one of multiple heirs or one of multiple partners that own a piece of property. It could be that it's just kind of a odd language and that, you know, they, he has it free and clear or something close. And for 250000 that you can just take over and he has a hundred percent interest in the property. That could be the case, but that's a little bit odd in terms of uh, dialogue. So not 100% sure what that means, but uh, I'm sure with a phone call, if we're able to get them on the line, pretty easily situated. 
Right. I also looked up the property on PropStream and is a per PropStream is valued at 220 and he has a mortgage. <laughs> so yeah. and the mortgage is up there. Uh so 250 is not the right number. But again, I was just wondering what he could have meant by that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good question. If you find out, let me know because I'm not 100% sure myself. Okay. I got a cop I got a good comeback for Alma. Well, let's hear it, Carl. Hey, tell if if he wants two fifty, sell him. Or if 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 he wants two hundred and fifty k, tell him. Yeah, I'll pay you two hundred and fifty k. I'll pay you maybe. You know, I don't know what the rent rates and all like. I'll pay you five hundred a month until we pay it off. See what he says to that. Okay, I like it. Yeah, yeah that, that might be fun. Yeah, that might be fun. We're buying one right now. In let's see here, where is it? The the lead. Okay, so Breverd, North Carolina. Breaver, North Carolina. So the lead comes in and uh, exactly what Carl said, they want 45, it's worth about a hundred. It needs a little bit of work, but they own it free and clear. So the 45 is gonna be somewhere around 10 and 500 per month, something like that. So, I mean, that that's hundred percent fine. The 500 per month is gonna be paid from the payment coming in. We should come close to breaking even on the front. Maybe we make something on the front. This is a, a pretty rural area, but, you know, so generally the more rural, the lower down payment you get because you have less people to contend for that property. So supply demand, but, uh, you know, this is you know, kind of picture perfect, real easy. So, yeah, what Carl said is hundred percent right. So yeah, 250 K 500 per month, almost anything works with that. So mm -hmm. if it's worth 200 and you pay 250, you're still okay because the terms create the value hundred percent. Thank you for that. Sure. All right, I got one for you. Um, Justin, then Philip. I saw you jump in. So Boo! Philip first. Forget <laughs> Justin, dude. You shut up, man. It's my turn. <laughs> what you got, man? Got a lead in Dalton, Georgia. The value has been hard to come by, but I talked to a realtor and actually one of the guys in the group, and it caps out at 150 Okay. That would be, you know, retail. Mortgage on it is thirty-seven k and two thousand in arrears, so he's behind. Walk away is ten k. I like this so far, I, right? But it gets, it, yeah. Trying um, to get hairy though. I can, I can tell in your voice. Well, the area is not a extremely hot area. I think average. There are new builds in there. They're going for much more, like one seventy-five bottom. When you say in there, you mean in the subdivision or in this? Just this kind of in that general area. Okay. Because um, there's like no comps to really be pulled from it. So I'm kind of estimating because he said the uh, the roof needs to be repaired. And that's why he he's selling. He doesn't have enough money to fix up the property. There's damage to a couple of rooms. I don't know the extent of it yet. We have a walkthrough, virtual walkthrough scheduled for Friday. I'm estimating anywhere from... 55 plus on repairs. Really? How big is this house? It's about 1,700 square feet. Now, and this is just kind of going off of numbers that I've used from crews around here. I don't know. Labor might be a lot cheaper down there. Even if it is, it's not going to help you that much. Right, right. So, I mean, these, and again, at this point, it's just sight unseen. I have a little system that I kind of gauge, you know, what it kind of comes out to on average throughout the however many countless transactions I've done in the past. So I'm just kind of using that as a little bit yeah, of a gauge, yeah. which it's been fairly accurate. So that's why I keep going back to it. Sure. Um, I think I want to owner finance this one out and I don't even want to touch it yeah. um, because I feel really good about it in a couple of areas. You know, the scary do on sale clause, I'm not worried about $30,000, $40,000. I can personally take care of that if I had to, absolutely had to. Now, who's the bank on this? Do we know? I don't know yet. And uh, I'm kind of thinking, he said it does need a new roof. That's part of why the damage is there. So I'm kind of assuming the worst on this. Yeah. So we'll probably have to put a new roof on it. Kind of like what you've, you've suggested in the past. I don't want to own or finance that to somebody that is just going to degrade it even further. Yeah. So I think around the owner finance deal with, with the repairs taken into account and my 3% origination fee is around 138. Let's just say 139. Okay. So 139 under finance. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shoot. His, I remember this off the top of my head. 
His payments are 420 a month with escrow, and it's at 6.7%. Okay. So even if it was like 9.9%, it's not going to matter that much because it's such a low amount on the loan compared to your loan. So that's kind of, I mean, that's, that's it as of right now. So just kind of helping me kind of walk through this one and make sure I didn't miss something because I do have a, a crew that I could have work on that. Oh, there's a pool. And I'm assuming since the house is in kind of bad shape that the pool is, is also in pretty bad shape and not sure if anybody's ever dealt. I usually don't deal with them. There's actually been pools that I've either filled in or just ripped out. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. The outcome, I'm not sure because so guys, the idea that's like, okay, it absolutely makes sense that someone who's not paying their mortgage payment would not keep up the pool. But I bought a lot of houses from people where they're behind on payments and we try to get the big screen TV thrown in. And it's like, oh, no deal if you need my TV that I just bought last month. So it could be Justin and let us know, but I, I would not be completely surprised if you go there or you do the video walkthrough and the pool is pristine and heated and there's there's heat flowing from it where they're swimming earlier that morning. Okay. Um, from one one realtor I, I talked to, he said, uh, you're not going to get more than one, if you went retail, you're not going to get one more than 150 because of the neighbors. So I think it's kind of a, maybe a little bit of a rougher area or there's a lot of cars up on blocks and, and that kind yeah. of situation, which that doesn't scare me, but just trying to see if these, you know, if this would be a tr- something that would be attractive to you, uh, it looks like, like it might yeah. cash flow at around four to 500 a month, give or take. Yeah. So kind of let's go through it. I mean, this walk away of 10, I think you could probably knock down to five if you really wanted to. So the question is, do you want to? But I, I feel well, pretty course. comfortable that you can probably <laughs> knock that down based on the condition. And this guy, I mean, he's behind on payments, Yeah. right? I mean, I would consider doing the work to stabilize this asset, or I would want to have a buyer that I felt comfortable that they would go and do it. Okay. So either somebody that's handy or has a construction background, or, you know, they're already going to go ahead and put the roof on. I just had a deal close. Well, I guess about a week and a half ago where the buyer before closing put a new roof on. So he didn't own the house, but he was so excited about it. He put a roof on my house that he was closing on. So that's what we're looking for. I didn't want to do the roof. I didn't want to do the flooring. He did it. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, so if you had to do the roof, I mean, I'd say maybe 10, a 1700 foot house and say it's probably a two story and, you know, hip gable roof, that kind of thing. But you may have some decking that's bad if it's already gone through the ceiling. Yeah. This would be much cheaper guys if it, this was a layover, but he may have to do a tear off and check the deck and all that. Right. Right. And that's, that's where I was kind of like, that's where I was kind of getting some of the higher estimations for the repairs, because I mean, I know it's not that expensive to paint and put in a vanity, but I don't know the extent of the water damage that he's talking about, but apparently it's pretty bad because he's just like, I don't have the money to fix it, so I got to sell it, you know? So I'm like, okay, I hear the tone. (laughs) Now, I would absolutely get a home inspection on this. And if if you need that home inspection to take you from 10 to five, then that's okay. Assuming you find out something you don't know already. Sure. But to to finish this out, so say 15,000 down, so I'm just going to call this 140 to make it easy for math. Okay. So we're at what 125 plus our 5K loan origination fee, so we're at 130 on the note. So you said it was 6.9 on the 6.7. 6.7 on the. But other. I won't judge you. Okay. So 37,000 there, 6.7, and I'm assuming this is on a 30 year. I'm going to assume that as well. Okay. Um. I don't have the the proper tools to pull information like that there yet. Okay, so PI out based on that is going to be around 240. And then PI in on the wrap, so we have 130,000 at 7.9. So we're 944. So 944 minus our 239. So we're cash flowing 705 per month on this deal. Does that make sense guys? So to finish this out, cash, 15 comes in, 10 goes out. This is a question mark here on repairs. So I'm just going to call this zero. So no cash on the front. Uh, On the note, 130 wrapped around 37, that's 93,000 on the note. So total profit on this, 93,000 plus 700 per month. 
And so then checking the yield. So 705 times 12 is 8460 divided by 93,000. So that's a 9% rate of return on that note yield. Okay. And that's not the best. So this is a deal that we would want, probably want to put a rising interest rate on to either increase that yield or to ideally incentivize them to cash us out, refinance us out. I did have that sort of uh, somewhat worked in. I think I, I think I even started at maybe 8.5% because, and then had it rising up into, well, the cap is like what, nine? Depends or, on the state. Okay. Depends on the state. Um, yeah, I'd have to look into that in, in Georgia then. But uh, yeah, I did, ha- I did have a, a rising interest rate on that because I knew it was, you know, it's, anyway, I wanted you to go through it and kind of, because it looked good to me on its face. But again, you know, you're the expert, so. Well, I mean, th- this is like a, a great example of why rehabbing doesn't make sense. So even if the rehabber bought it at the same price and put 40K in it to take it to 150, minus all the costs and fees of selling retail, uh, no offense, realtor friends, then it, there's no way to get to $93,000. You know, right? maybe getting to half of it would even be difficult. You know, right. Because so. if I rehabbed it, I think I'm looking at, number one, potentially a gut job from two and a half hours away, which those yeah. are hard 30 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. Um, to sure. make 30 or 40,000, like, I mean, yes, I would love 30 or 40,000, but I guarantee that I would pay for that in every bit of stress and dealing with it throughout the months. That yeah. I would, it would take. So, I mean, and, and let's, and I'm going to throw the last wrinkle in this and then we'll move on. But let's say that the rehab was that your net profit was 40,000 and you're at a, a 25% tax bracket. Okay. So 40 times 0.75. So you have, that was pretty stupid of me to do math like that on my calculator. Sometimes I don't catch it. So we have after-tax dollars of $30,000 that now we can go and put back to work and to invest it, okay? So let's assume that it takes us six years to get that $93,000 as a payoff, which is a little bit longer than normal. Where are we going to put $30,000 today and turn it to $93,000 in six years passively? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's darn near impossible. And I could kind of back into like what kind of a rate we would have to put this 30 in to create that. But I mean, it's just, it's really tough to do and to do it passively and safely. So by by creating the note on this, we've skipped all that. We don't have to do the rehab. We don't have to get the money back and then put it at a rate of return that makes sense. We're able to do all that at one time, right? So just a really strong deal there, man. I mean, that's good. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Deals have been, I don't know if anybody else in the group has been dealing with this, but I've had several, they book it and then cancellations. And then, or we try to get to the numbers and they're just not happy with the numbers at all. Or they've had a higher bid or, you know, whatever. I've had one guy uh, go out and now three times outbid me, but I'm the last person, but I'm like, I don't, there's no way I can reach that number. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, (laughs) Well, he must be very desperate. Just let him spend all his money. He can't spend it at 95% forever. I, I swear. There's another deal I've got going, but I'm not going to tell you about it because you're going to tell me no. But Okay. Well, I'm glad that you know already. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's far more important to not do a bad deal than it is to do a good deal. The energy that one bad deal will cancel out 10 good deals. So you don't want that. I'll put it this way. There's a, it's a, it's in Hendersonville. It's a, like the days on market are like one and two. It's not going to need a lot, but I am moving a little bit past my normal threshold, but it's just because I know I can turn it quickly. So, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you the numbers because it's bad. I, I can hear Well, Brad, I'm going to pay 80% and I'll make 10, but. Oh, oh Nell, no, I'm not going to make 10. I'm going to make more than that. No, I'm 10%. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next person, please. <laughs> All right, uh, Philip, you still around, man? Yes, yes, man. What's happening, buddy? I got a. Uh, I think I posted about last week about the property, the deal up in Buffalo. Yeah, I remember. New York. Well, um, I set up like a wholesale style because the the seller could only get somebody in. We could only get people in like at one time. Long story short, his wife had a heart attack. I mean, it's like we're having to like kind of 
helped him out with timing. So basically, he, she was gone. I got six people in there last night, all families, people looking at the deal. And we got somebody back today, or actually that night. They end up sitting there talking to him for probably an hour. So now the buyer and seller know each other. So that's kind of cool. My question is, I just want to take through the numbers real fast of where we started off and kind of where we're at now. And if yeah. I could just maybe look at just a standard standard sub two or maybe even a sub three scenario. Yeah, sure. So property is, I mean, it's outdated. It's great, nice walk-in property. Let's say it's 200K right now. Um, so ARV 200? Uh, if you've repaired it, it'd probably be 250. Um, like or updated, it'd probably do some value add. Wouldn't need that much, but it would add it to about two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Walk away is ten k. Like I said, repairs would probably be like you know. I mean, it might be ten fifteen to update. Okay. Decent size house, about a little over twenty one hundred square foot. The biggest thing is, look, man, I got it. I put it on for one hundred ninety nine nine. So what's the mortgage? The mortgage is one fifty one thousand left. Okay, and I'm assuming it's current. Yeah, it's current. All right, go ahead. Payments are um, pity right at twelve hundred. So uh, owner financed it. I uh, just made it really nice. Right at cost hundred ninety nine nine. I even positioned, you know, kind of like the play that we're looking at at least ten percent down. That'll get you to write about fifteen hundred bucks a month. Um, just that's kind of what I was looking at it in terms. Um, I think it was like a seven point four nine percent interest rate or nine nine interest rate. Long story, lady loves it. She wants it. Instead of putting ten thousand down or nineteen thousand down, ten percent, she wants to put like forty. She wants to put full forty thousand dollars down. Okay. Her one caveat is what she's trying to do is get that note as close as she can to twelve hundred bucks. So we're right at twelve hundred. I basically was, you know, saying, "Hey, twelve fifty could be a good amount in." Okay. And then basically, all I'm looking at is, "Hey, I make thirty thousand dollars on the deal, and if I can make it a smooth transaction on just putting the two buyer and seller together, since they're local to each other, they know each other now, they're blah blah blah. Is that a good route? Sub three instead of really kind of." being a middleman on the on this shit stuff. Yeah, I mean we never want to own real estate if we can help it. So um <clears throat> with exceptions. But right. but I mean I don't see an upside in taking title on this. But I mean the the thing is I mean going through this, I think the the question is do you even want to wrap it? Not right? really. So I mean <laughs> we we have an underlying here of 151 and then we're going to have a wrap of 160 and like 9k is it's not nothing but you know i, I personally probably wouldn't want to service this because you know, if our cash flows break even i just don't want to deal with it right and let, let me let me kind of add in something which i forgot there is a $15,000 note to the seller upon any refinancing no okay. no pay it's only payable on long time down the road. So I told him it, it could possibly be 30 years. I was just going to offer him five just to, so where he don't have to, you know, five up front. So basically my walk away becoming 15,000. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So, okay. So you're, you're basically at 166 day one, right? Here. Does that make sense? Yep. So the 151 mortgage plus 15 K whenever this thing refinances. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. Right. And then we have 160K wrap. So we're actually $6,000 deficient day one. Okay, so we have a negative equity note. So we definitely wouldn't want to take the note. Now what's going to happen over time, because this 151 is amortizing faster than the 160 wrap, this thing's going to even out. Maybe in three or four years, it's going to go even. So you're not having to come up with 6K when this thing refinances. And then over time, it's actually going to build an equity position. But you know, we're probably talking two or three thousand dollars a year. So the other day I ran a spreadsheet and our equity pay down and difference in amortization and our notes was a little bit over $120,000. So in the past year, we have created $120,000 worth of equity position just in the difference of the amortization on the wrap and the underlying. 
Does that make sense? So yep. with this, I mean, you definitely don't want to take a note, just assign it for the 40K, you know, and so you have 30K net, 10K goes to your seller. And I would probably tell the buyer like, hey, you need to keep the loan in place for four years. And then after that, you can pay it off. So put a prepayment penalty of $6,000 with your wrap if they pay you off within four years. And so that would pay for the deficiency if they pay it off sooner. And then if, it, if they let it go that long or longer, then it, it, it goes away. Does that make sense? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. Don't take title. Take the assignment fee minus the 10K to your seller, 30K. Uh, my guess is you couldn't have assigned this for 30K if you're going to the wholesale investor route. No. And yeah. So, I mean, th- this, is, this is strong. This is good. Got you. So then the seller basically maintains, um, I mean, because there's still the underlying note. How, I mean, it's the best way for, I want to facilitate it as much as I can to help yeah. them out. So a couple like, of things that's going to happen here. At closing, you're still going to get all the closing documents signed in case you have to intervene. So you're still going to get the power of attorney over the seller and all that. Okay. So whenever the deal closes, you're going to change the mailing address to your PO box and also a second mailing address to the property. So every month they're going to receive a mortgage statement. The buyer is. They're going to receive a mortgage statement and then they can just pay that mortgage however way that they want to do it. If they want to mail in a check, they can. If they want to go online and pay it, they can. They want to do pay by phone, depending on the bank, then they can do that, assuming that they have the last four of the seller's social. Okay. And we feel pretty good with that. I'll give someone the last four of a social. I'm not going to give them the whole number. But generally what we like to do in this kind of a scenario is set up the buyer to have online banking access. Right. Okay. So they can go in and pay it. You go in every month, make sure it's been paid, that kind of thing. But you're just making sure that you're just kind of facilitating, like you said, but you're not a party. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, pretty much answers my question. Cool. Good deal here, man. I'm, I'm surprised Cause didn't want it. Yeah. When I spoke with, I spoke with him and we kind of got, um, we got crossed on all my traveling and whatnot too. So we never really got to bang out the, the specifics of it. Right. Right. You know, so, but, you know, I'd already been talking to a few people well before then on the, you know, this lady I've actually been, the only reason I found this house is because this lady came to me through an ad looking for property. So I started doing some outbound and got the deal. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Cool. Deals from the from uh, Oklahoma to the NYC, baby. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start looking at this area a little bit more, man. There's some uh, there's some stuff going on here in the Buffalo area. Yeah. So so Raf asked uh, if the buyer stops making payments, is there easy, any reason to intervene after the check has been collected? That's really a personal decision. So you know, it's I think everything almost can be answered legally and ethically. Ethically, that's your decision. Everybody has different ethics on things. Legally, the answer is no. So yeah. at closing, there would be a hold harmless that says, I'm not party to this transaction. I haven't guaranteed payments. I haven't done any of that. And so the transaction is from A to C, not A to B to C. So, and that's the beauty of sub three, because if this was sub two and we took title and then we sold it, then it's tough to say, well, I wasn't a party, you know? So um, yeah, good question, man. So is this set up like the sub three, basically? I mean, it's not going to be like just my standard wholesale assignment. I mean, because I want it to, nah, I don't know. What do you think? The thing about sub three is that we're capturing a note. And in this case, you're not capturing a note. There's no note, right. Yeah. So I I don't think that there's going to be much of a difference between the two in this kind of scenario. Okay. Yeah, usually for large ones, like usually I put about quarter, like, Dealing in where I'm dealing, we usually put a quarter, like one quarter worth of payments, like into an account for any property that we take. So I'd have like three months payments in case something like that was to happen. It's just an internal something we do. It's kind of like a, hey, we're gonna help out, and that really gives us enough time to to get the get the buyer out, the old buyer out for close, and then get some money back in. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Keep us posted on it. I mean, it looks really good. Will do. Yeah. Now I'm trying to, they want to move in like yesterday and the seller wants to be out by like the 18th. So it should be pretty quick. So your problem is somewhere but around 10 days. <laughs> around 10. Yeah. That's about 10 days and 40K. Love it. There you go. Amen to that. 
All right, gents. Well, uh, I'll be listening in the background. Thank you, bud. Hey, Brad. How's it going? Good, man. What's up your way? Um, got two things, but, uh, you know, first, I just want to update you about stuff that we spoke about. I think it was last week, Thursday. May have been Tuesday, but it was a cash deal. We kind of said, you know, look at some now, some later. You gave me a couple of things to find out, days on market, etc. So the seller wasn't interested in some now, some later. Um, just wants cash, but he did agree to drop the price to about 100k, the the selling price. Okay, so mortgage um, is zero, zero, one hundred. Okay, give me the other two numbers. Okay, so repairs currently, I'm assuming they're sitting at zero. He's just finished refurbing the house, but we have got to double check that. Cool. ARV is sitting at about 160k. Okay. Days on market is about 91 days. You know, and this seems to be well below the medium price. The medium price in the area seems to be around about 310. Oh, beautiful. Then well, um, that's that's odd though. So generally the, the days on market would be less if there's that much of a discrepancy in price. So like other words, if this is a 300 K area and this is a 160 house and the days on market, well, let me ask that. Whenever you got days on market, did you get it for the entire market or did you get it at price points? Like you bracketed it. So I didn't get it at price points. I got it on the bedrooms. Um, and so three bedroom houses are averaging at 91 days. Okay, cool. So, I mean, that that's reliable info, but not very relevant. So like what we okay. ideally need is to look at it at price point. So I'd probably break this in depending on how much data we have. So if we pull data, the last three months is what I'm looking at. If we have enough data to look at with three months. And when I say enough data, maybe 25 to 50 sales. So if we have that much between, say, 150 and 175, then, then that's the, the bracket that I want to look at. If there's not enough housing that is sold in the past three months, then I'll, I'll, I want to do it two ways. I want to look at six months between 150 and 175. And I want to look at 150 to 200 in the past three months, because it's going to be one of two things. Either the market's not big enough or there's not enough inventory. And so if the market's not big enough, that's one thing. But if there's not enough inventory that we can kind of push pricing. Right. So in other words, let me kind of break it down like this. So there are times whenever I look at a subdivision and it's always best that if we look at in like a, a subdivision that has been developed and maybe there's 150 or 200 houses in a subdivision that we comp based on that subdivision, assuming things are comparable in that subdivision. And almost always they are. But if we look at it, and here's a case in point, Tony, who has been with me for six or seven years, he has a house that he bought sub two about a year and a half ago. And we felt like there was probably a 100K equity position. The problem was that in this town, there hasn't been but two properties sell in the past 16 years. So it's very difficult to comp, Okay. Now there have been three houses that have sold within the past year. And so now we have data. Okay. So if we look at this and we want to look at, okay, 150 to 175, is there enough data in three months to look at that? And if not, then go to six months in that price range. And then also go 150 to 200 in that price range to see, okay, like you, you'll, you'll really kind of be able to, to tell what the market's doing based on that. You know, 90 days doesn't tell us enough right now. And 90 days is okay. That's all right. But my, my assumption is if this is a 300K median value market and we're at 160, that we're probably below 30. Okay. Um, and you're happy just using, you know, online websites for all that information, you know, like general research purposes? I would prefer to pay a realtor a hundred bucks or something to, to get me the data if I had to, you know? So, I mean, ideally, and I don't know why this is, but you know, whenever we're, we're shopping realtors in a new market, you know, if we call them and say, look, we're looking at buying this property, if we buy it, and we're going to be reselling it. And if we go retail with it, then we're going to need a realtor. So I mean, I need a CMA on this property, and I need to know this, this and this. For some reason, if I called 10 realtors, I might get in touch with three. And then out of those three, you may have one that's viable, and maybe not. But if you tell them, hey, you know, I need this data done and I'll, I mean, I'll happy to PayPal you like a hundred bucks for doing it, then for some reason, we'll get half the people that want to do that. All right. Well, perfect. Thank you. But right. everything that we know currently, uh, you know, to me, it looks like something that's doable um, with 62.5. Obviously, I need to find out that other information. Yeah. But, you know, it's well within the 70% rule. Granted that what he's told me about the property is correct. 
There's also some furniture and stuff that's coming with the house. That's an option for our, for a buyer if they want it. Well, that that's pretty cool. Will Cannon, he's in the group, and he bought a, a property with some furniture in it. And his wife had a yard sale, and they made like four thousand dollars off the furniture. <laughs> okay, uh, nice Great. little pop. So, I mean, see, see what happens. Yeah, I know hard to do that remotely. So, you know, maybe yeah, I mean, a little bit harder. But I, I bet so there are different auction companies. If there's a lot of furniture, auction companies will come in and for twenty or thirty percent sell everything. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, okay, but I mean, obviously, I'll find that information. I'll keep you updated. So just ask your views. But everything that you know currently, this this looks good. Fine. Just fine. Okay. Move okay. forward. You know, the next thing, once again, same as Justin. I'm not sure you'll be too happy with it. But there's <laughs> questions that I have to ask. So this son, uh, basically, son was living in this house. They had to move out a while ago. It's been vacant for a few years now. A few um, years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, basically, what happened is there was still a mortgage against the property and the foundation started shifting. He has since paid off the mortgage, but because it was still that original mortgage, no bank would give him additional financing to fix the shifting foundation. Okay, hang on. What now? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Apparently, the foundation is shifting and it's led to like cracks throughout the property. You know, like the windows can't even open anymore because the foundation has been moving or I don't know. Yeah, but that shouldn't keep. If that's correct, then this is a really good situation for us. But go ahead. Okay. So, you know, apparently the foundation's been shifting. And, you know, as I said, the house has been vacant. So, first of all, there's a lot of work without the foundation shifting. The foundation has been shifting. There's a lot of cracks. They even got cracks in the basements. And because of groundwater and whatever, the basements is now half underwater. Mm. Um, so, like an additional know. in ground pool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Swamp. But yeah. Um, I'm not really sure how to estimate these repairs, in all honesty. Yeah. I couldn't have a clue, but the seller only wants 5,000 walk away. The ARV is sitting at about, I'd say 80K from all my comps. Uh, PropStream has it at about 160K, so there's a huge discrepancy there. But from everything that I've pulled, it's about 80K. How big is your market? Pretty big. It's, it's close to St. Louis in Illinois or... All right, we, we've got a couple guys in the group that are St. Louis people, and, and they're pretty active wholesalers. I'd go ahead and get this under contract contingent on your inspection. And at yeah. a minimum, you can work together with them, and they'll have the buyer for this, I would say. So we can go one of two ways with it. My concern with owner financing it is the collateral. So real major structural stuff, like it sounds like this is, can be very expensive to fix. Now, the, the thing is, the cost isn't that much, but the companies that know how to do it are kind of few and far between. And so they just absolutely kill you on it. Now, um, I had a house in Savannah, Georgia, where we had to do, well, pretty much we had to resupport the entire slab. Okay. I've seen structural stuff before where you have a corner that settles down, or I had one really bad where William Wood and me were partnering on it. He's in the group. He, he does private money. And um, I had to replace 42 floor joists and two girders in a house. I mean, basically the entire floor system because of termites. And so, I mean, I've dealt with this before, but major structural stuff, if you're not going to fix it yourself, it really could impact the collateral position. Now, do I think that based on what I know that you could put this under contract for five cash and uh, owner finance it for maybe 40 with 5k down? Yeah, probably. You know, or you might be able to co-wholesale this off at 20 and somebody could pay 20 cash and you guys split it or maybe 25. So you split 10 a piece, something mm -hmm. like that. But I, I would put it under contract and see what I can do and just make sure that the person knows like, hey, it's contingent upon, uh, you know, getting this structural work seen about and then have a couple of contractors look at it. You know, but this sounds OK. So, I mean, I'm glad that I'm, I'm pro this deal instead of anti the deal. But I mean, I, I would put this under contract to see what we can do with it. Yeah, so I've already got it under contract. I got it under contract about an hour and a half ago. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> and, cool. you know, it was <laughs> it was contingent on, as you said, I was very honest and open with him. And I said, look, obviously, I haven't seen the property. And, uh, you know, the scope of repairs is quite big. And uh, so you need to understand that in special provisions, I'm putting contingent on verification of all numbers. And that is, you know, verification of the numbers in the market that I've researched, as well as the repair value which he said some guy came in and quotes him about 35K to repair everything. But I mean, he's like 66 and he doesn't want to spend that type of money fixing a house that he doesn't even live in. Um, 
but I don't know if that's true or not. And so I did chat to him on the phone and he was very open and honest and very understanding about that. And so I'll just reach out on the group, chat to those people in St. Louis and let's see what happens. Yeah, j- just post, hey, I've got a deal in St. Louis to partner on, you know, and have them reach out to you. There, there's a few of them and I, I don't want to, to give you a list and then somebody's at the bottom of the list and somebody's at the top. I, I guess I can do it by alphabetical order <laughs> because I don't want to play favorites. Uh, but, that's okay. I'll, I'll post it on the group. Um, yeah, I think you'll I think you do okay on this. This sounds okay. Okay, great. So both of the deals I discussed with you, I actually got the first one under contract yesterday. Um based also once again verification of numbers so i'm going to verify the days on market and stuff and then this one about an hour and a half ago and that's that's it it's been a good start to the week yeah one a day is all we need pal yeah (laughs) well there you go all right thank you man i will you know i'll follow up on these i'll just keep you informed and keep the group informed but thanks for your assistance yeah beautiful man couldn't have done it better ourselves really good cool Thank you. The only thing that's concerning me is that obviously when this guy was 35 and he built the house in Georgia and it is now floated all the way to Illinois and he's 66 and now he's trying to get rid of it. <laughs> I must have missed something really significant there. <laughs> well done, Brady. All right, Laka. Thank you. Um, yeah, all good. I'll keep you guys updated. Thanks. You bet, man. Keith, what you into, man? Right, I was just about to unmute myself and see if we can go over the one that I got under contract last week. Beautiful. So Keith just retired from the U.S. Marine Corps, so appreciate your service, man. Absolutely. I'm I'm eight days into growing out my newfound beard. Oh, really? Well, congratulations. I, I can't grow one, but my wife is very happy about that. So. <laughs> All right, so what you got, man? All right. Mortgage, 94000 Uh Interest rate on the mortgage, 4.5. Monthly payment for that. And I think uh, this includes taxes and insurance. Escrowed in is $700. ARV is $171. Repairs, $9,000. Walk away, $46,000. But then we did some now, some later. With 13 up front and 33, we get ballooned out. Beautiful. Very good. Really good. Okay. I have it listed for 189.9. And I'm hoping to do uh, 6.99%, which would give us an $1,100 monthly. You might could do 7.9 instead of 6.9 in this price range. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Keith, was that it? Uh, yeah, is there anything else? There's no arrears. Okay. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's all my numbers. Uh, yeah. I can tell it, it seems like we'll be able to get, if we get 10% down, you know, we'll, we'll get a $5,000 difference between their walk away and our down payment. So I'd love to get more than, more than that. Well, let's call uh, it seven because I think you'll get 20, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, that's what I'm shooting for seven, seven thousand dollars And then it'll leave us with a, a little bit of a cash flow with my 6.9. It'll leave us with a $400 cash flow. If we did your 7.99, that would take us up to 528. Should be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And so note equity position is $75,000, but um, then 33 of that will need to come out when we get ballooned out to go to the seller. Yeah. So 75 minus 33 to start. So at 42. Yeah. Cool. And what kind of a market is this? Seems in? like decent. It's in Charlotte. Beautiful. It's actually in South Carolina, but it's so close to yeah. like yeah. 30 minutes from Charlotte. Good. Really good market there. I hope so. I posted on Facebook. I joined all the Facebook groups that I possibly could. Posted it on Zillow and on Craigslist. Yeah, so reach out to Avi in the group. Avi's in Charlotte, AVI. It's Avi Rosowski, a good friend. And uh, he's, he's doing a lot of owner finance. And I think he's got a guy part-time that's putting his signs out. And so you might be able to, be able to piggyback on him like with his sign guy. But I, if I could get signs out, I absolutely would. I 
learned a couple things in doing this. I tried to list it on the MLS. Uh, no bueno. You shouldn't do that with owner finance properties because you'll get reported. But and North and South Carolina are, are pretty difficult states, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, both of them with North and South Carolina, you can list on the MLS if you have contractual interest. So that's a, a big play that I, I learned about. And I basically intend on uh, reaching out to this gentleman. He said, if I can give him the zip code of the property that we have under contract, that for anywhere between $100 and $200, he can list it, or he can tell me, not for money, he, he can list it if it's allowed. But he has a list of all the zip codes and whether or not you can list with con contractual interest on the MLS. And if so, then you're basically wholetailing every property without ever doing anything. You're just putting it on, on the MLS and you're done with it. So for anything that's a wholesale exit strategy, I think that that's kind of what we're going to be moving towards. Yeah. Um, if well, listing on the MLS. Um, but with this one, I listed it and then immediately took it down uh, and got my money refunded because I was going to get reported by a bunch of brokers saying that what I'm doing is illegal and making a big old mess. Question. Did you list it through a realtor or did you do it on a flat fee service? Flat fee. Okay. Yeah. Realtors hate those things, don't they, Carl? <laughs> yeah, they can be jerks about it. Uh, I don't get it, but, you know, they're jerks. You know, because it's it's going into their box, and um, they get they get all riled up about it. But I mean, hey, you know, it is. So far, I have this the property locked up uh, until March thirty first, and I did that because I'm scared to death. We still have this stupid property in Hawaii that we haven't sold, but I have made some moves with that. We're gonna everyone here in Hawaii is losing their minds because the market is tanking, but because interest rates are so low, people are bidding above well above arv even if it's like a wholesale condition property and mm -hmm. so i'm like well if y'all are going to be stupid i can play this game so i got power of attorney a couple of days ago so we're going to list it on the mls here um I remember we talked about that your wife doing it yes uh she was not okay with doing it she totally wants out of real estate I, I totally abused her and burned her out of real estate so she won't do it but i did get in touch with a broker who he's going to list it himself for 2% uh, help us out quite a bit. And um, so we're gonna, there's 375 owed. Uh, I partnered with a guy who got me, are you familiar with innovation agreements? Not particularly. Okay, so with a, uh, just to do like a one minute hip pocket class, an assignment is you have a, a property locked up and you're assigning your rights to the buyer but you hold on to the responsibilities. You are providing a service still. But with a novation agreement, you say, see this contract here? We're just going to take my name out and I'm going to sign my rights and my responsibilities to the buyer. And this gets rid of FHA seasoning. seasoning. Yes. I, I can't, as a wholesaler, I can't go to anybody, list it on the MLS and get an FHA buyer. But that's what everyone's doing here in Hawaii. They're getting FHA loans and paying way above, like out the wazoo for these houses. And so to do this, we're getting a novation agreement, getting it locked up 375. We're going to list it around 430 and we fully anticipate getting 430 plus or minus $10,000. And then I'll be splitting that with the guy who taught me about novation agreements uh, that made this all possible. I've never heard of so that. Ideally. Yeah. In, in the assignments, that? Done, it, it basically like says, Hey, you're in our place as buyer now. And it even said um, that, and we never held them to this, but it said that uh, they owe us for the assignment of contract, whether they close or not, for any reason. So, um, you know, in theory, whenever they bought the, the rights to the contract, they were on the hook for the assignment fee, whether, even if title was bad. And, and again, right. we never- But that's not what comes to responsibilities. You're talking about their responsibility to you, but I'm talking about your responsibility to close on this deal with the- with the seller, you still owe them EMD taking the, you know, taking the property off their hands and stuff like that. So if this guy defaults- Are we having the seller sign this as well? Are we having a what? The seller sign this as well, this doc? The seller and the buyer, all three parties are no and have to agree that this is a novation agreement. Yeah, and then that we're quite literally lining out our name and putting their name into it. And so then the FHA service provider, I don't know how this whole thing works, but they're getting an FHA loan. They don't see my name at all. 
it's only between A and C. And we just, just like an assignment, except it's innovation. So anyway, that's how we're legally listing it on the MLS and getting an FHA buyer. And so ideally this week, it'll be, what's today? Yeah, ideally this week, it'll be listed. We're getting photos. And then this will turn into a eight month long ordeal. But just like you were saying, like, don't, it's so important to not get into a bad deal. I 100% support this. And this on paper, this is not a bad deal. It was a great deal. Market tanks. I had one bad buyer and crap hit the. Yeah, emotionally, I know it's been a tough one. Yeah, we kind of lost you there, Keith, but I, I think we got the general idea. Yeah, definitely. Keith's been kind of through the ringer emotionally on this deal. Feedback. But uh, I'm glad we're getting it worked out. Yeah, hopefully we'll be done here in the next month. So those two, those are the two things that we have in the pipeline right now. Thank you. (laughs) Very good. Well, keep me posted, man. I will. Thanks. You bet, man. Good to have you during the daytime, too. Um, Clarissa, how's things going? Hi. It's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) A couple weeks. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been a little crazy here in Los Angeles with the coronavirus uh, ticking, ticking up. Um, yeah, we've well, been I'm just glad you're very careful. Jail. I'm glad you're not in jail in case you guys had too many people over for Turkey. Uh, I thought you're going to go to prison. So I'm glad to hear you survived. I know. Well, they're going to turn off little, your water or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It's a little ridiculous. It's becoming to be more of a martial law around here. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, but market's good. If you can believe that anybody that goes in the market, it seems like there's an average of 16 days on the market and they just nab things right away. There's just such a low inventory here. It's been crazy, but we've been able to manage to lock up a couple. Um, And I wanted to ask you now, this is a little outside of my market. As you know, I'm in the South Bay, like the beach area, Manhattan beach. Um, We do a lot of South LA stuff. But this one's in Bakersfield. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's about two yeah, hours, yeah, two hours north of LA. And um, so I have two fourplex that we're locking up today. Here's a little bit of a uh, there are renters in it, right? I know it seems like anything's selling here in LA. Okay, so it's a two fourplexes that we're dealing with here, um, and. I don't even know where to start. I know the rent. I think I figured out the gross multiplier to be a little bit higher. So income wise, this is a good income property for both of the four plexes. Will you be able to deal with four plexes and do the numbers with that? Oh yeah. I mean, we bought triplexes and quads and stuff. Yeah. Okay. The thing is that the deal structure is the same. Yeah. It's not really that different. Okay. We're getting emergency alert here in LA. Sorry, that I got another distraction. Um, we'll get through it. It's okay. As <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a tsunami. Yeah, uh, exactly. Carl, oh, yeah, put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know how they, do they do that with you guys? They give you an alert on your phone. Not in Tennessee for tsunamis, but yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so. I don't even know where to start. I have this under contract. I, I have 60 days to sell it. Okay. So let's just go. Uh, so how much is owed on, on each of these? Free and clear. Okay. Zero, zero. Any arrears? So that uh, No, well kept because they're, they're investors selling it to me. And the only reason why they're selling it is they're tired of driving to the Bakersfield and they want to keep all of their stuff within a five mile radius and they're using this money to build on the lot, like an eight or nine building or eight and nine units in one. And they're just going to take that money and invest it in that. And also the other property, they're going to do a 1031. So they're not desperate for money. I have the time in the world to sell this in the background and it's all free and clear. It's just an income property for them. Okay. And so what's the walk away? Uh, well, they want to sell it full price, 545. So 545 each or for both? Uh, 545 on the first one. And the other one is 440. Okay. And so repairs, you said pretty good. Definitely rentable as is. Oh, they put in like $30,000 on the 545. 
and um, everything's in good condition because her husband's a contractor. They go in there and it's in great condition. This is just probably going to be selling it for a higher price. I don't know. You tell me. And then what do we think value is? Well, uh, it seemed to me that if we're within 15 to sometimes even, I don't know, within 15%, uh, the value I feel like I can get for, I don't know, I need to figure that out because I'm, it's so difficult to know. For the first one, I feel like we can get that for maybe 560. Okay, so. Or higher. I, I really don't know. So we're, we're I don't not, know that market as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, call it 575. Yeah. yeah. We're a little bit lucky. And then on the second one, maybe 4, 480, 490, mm-hmm. 480, okay. 490. All right, cool. All right, so we, we've got the deal structure side set up. So I think I understand kind of what's going on. So how do you want to structure this? I feel like all we can do is turn it around and flip it. Yeah, I think you're right. Resell it for a higher price and get the down payment. Yeah, th- this is not under finance. So, I mean, if we're paying yeah. this in cash, then, I mean, th- there's no way for us to bury that cash and owner finance it. Now, if it was a two and a half million dollar property, then yeah, I mean, we probably could on each one. Yeah. But, you know, based on this, I mean, we're pretty much buying it at retail. We're going to sell it off and make 15 or 20 or maybe 30 on each one to somebody that wants to hold landlord property and um, either can pay cash or get a bank loan for this. So, I mean, the good part is you've got enough time to where if somebody wanted to get a bank loan, they can. And, you know, but you're just throw this on. This is a wholesale deal. So, you know, this is not something that we can deal structure our way into something without doing some now, some later on the walk away. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm telling you, everything is getting multiple offers here. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, and Bakersfield is a a different market. I mean, prices there are definitely not LA prices, but uh you know, if, if you can pull this thing off and make 20 K a piece and sign it away, then yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, we pulled the cash buyers for all for Bakersfield. Um, other than that, what do you think uh, advertising wise that we should um, do without having to go to the market? Should we do the MLS thing too? List well, I don't know if that's allowed in California. My suspicion is that it's probably not. And that's a state mm-hmm. by state thing. And I, I don't know if California is, is known as being the most forgiving when it comes to creativity, especially in today's environment. But, uh, you know, that being said, I think that there's probably some local Facebook groups for investors in Bakersfield. I would do those. But I don't know that your your buyer's not from L.A. that wants a better yield than what they could get in L.A. Because I'm sure the multiple in Bakersfield is better than what you could get in L.A. pricing. That I wouldn't just do the same thing as what I would if it was in L.A. and do Bakersfield as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it does. You know, but we're, oh. we're looking for somebody that wants to be a landlord. For sure. Yeah. Cause this is a great income property and everyone's long-term they're paying on time. As far as or, I know, anyway. I mean, I don't know the FHA loan limits in Bakersfield, but this, you know, as a quad an owner occupant can buy a quad as an FHA buyer. So that'd be kind of fun too. Like house hack person. It's going to be an interesting one. We haven't had this in a while. The, the last I, quad that I bought, we bought for is worth, is a real kind of rural area. We bought it. It was worth 130. We bought it for 80 with 15 down and 500 per month. And mm-hmm. it was thrown off about 2,200 per month in rents. So why this guy traded 2,200 per month in rents that he owned free and clear for 15 K up front. I'm not really sure, but that's what he wanted to do. So that's a difference. You know, we bought ours with financing from the seller and, and this one's pretty much an all cash deal on the front. So just assign it off and, and see what you can do and see what happens with it. Yeah, Israelis, they love all the cash deals. <laughs> um, so may I ask you uh, an additional question? Sure. So the total um, on the first one, the one that's uh, 545 mm-hmm. uh, four, fourplex, that's generating $4,000 a month in total income, total rent. What do you think that equates to as far as value, just if it was just pure income? 
how do you do? How do you do the calculation on that? Yeah, and, and I know. Yeah, yeah that's still market driven. So I mean, you're going to have some markets where. You know, like the tried and true rule was a hundred times rents. So okay. if if it's four thousand per month and the property's worth four hundred thousand, but that number has been going up over time. So okay. you know, in some markets you're approaching two hundred times rents. There are some markets where it's sixty times rents. So I mean, there's right. no way to really know. But um, yeah, I'm sure that if you talk to a commercial broker that's in this market and said, "Hey, you know, this is what I'm looking at," that either. They'll be able. Yeah, it certainly could give you some idea on pricing, but may have a decent buyer to take this thing on too. Great, great. All right, sounds good. I do have another one. Cool. And so I don't mean, I, I want to give everyone equal time. I don't want to dominate this whole thing if anyone else else has any. So, so let's do this. If you guys have any additional questions, just do the raise your hand thing in the chat or there's a way to do that. And so we know how many people we have behind us and and. How, how long we're running, but um, so we can do that. But go ahead, Clarissa. Okay. Um, so I have another deal in South LA. It's a two in one bedroom. The value that we're getting it for is uh, four twenty eight. It's a huge lot. So this is the developer's probably deal. Uh, they're looking to walk away with four twenty eight. The it's a hundred and forty thousand in mortgage. So I'm sorry. So the walkway is whatever the difference between 428 and 140 is what they want. 288. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All I can see is a wholesale deal on this one as well. Um, Unless we get some now, some later, like Keith was talking about on the walkaway. Okay. Keith gave 13 up front and then 33 whenever the thing cashes out, which is beautiful deal structure because it it does not impact his cash flow. Right. Uh, so without something like that, then we're going to have to go retail or you know, basically cash this thing out on the front because the 288 is too much to bury. Let me see if we'd be open to that. I know that he wanted to take some money into renovating his current house. So I'll see how much does he want now immediately and, and, and what's the time frame. I can actually explore that with him today. I'm going to see him at one o'clock and I'm showing uh, developers at one o'clock or one o'clock our time, which cool. is shortly. Okay, so other than that, if I can't convince him to do the some now, some later, then it's just a wholesale deal, really, right? Well, what's the value? The value is only four sixty. Then yeah, it's very tight. It's yeah. very tight. Yeah. But again, yeah. these developers are just crazy because they want to add another bathroom, another bedroom, expand the whole thing. It's a it's on a seven thousand lot in a really nice area of South LA. Yeah. That exists actually in LA. Who knows? Depending on what they want to do with it, they're like, "Yeah, I have like four people showing up there to see and view the property right shortly." So, yeah, cool. So, I mean, see what can happen with that two eighty eight. But otherwise, I mean, just exit it like you were going to. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You bet. Very good. Anybody else have anything? Hey guys, sorry, uh, me again. What's up, dude? I'd just like to confirm with that dealings and Louis, would you still get a contractor out if you're going to wholesale with someone and kind of joint venture wholesale that? Uh, would you still look at contractors to estimate repairs or not really? Yeah, because it's something that your buyer is probably going to want to see. So either okay. the buyer is going to try and hammer you on it, but like it's going to take $6 million to fix this. And you yeah. can say, well, here's three bids from contractors that say 30. Uh, or, you know, somebody's just not going to have any idea and they're going to think it costs a lot more than what it, it may actually cost. So yeah, I would get that data. Okay, cool. And are we paying the contractors to give us, you know, quotes or yeah. is it generally free? Yeah, it's generally free. These guys are getting 30 and 40 K jobs. So, I mean, if that's the case, then you know, them charging, prohibiting that appointment by charging 50 or hundred or $200 for a, an appointment just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, if it's free, I'm just going to get a couple of quotes um, and kind of yeah. use the best one as proof of, you know, what it's going to take for repairs. Yeah, and and they can vary widely. I mean, I've had uh, on one house between seven and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Brad. Um, hey. It's Clarissa again. 
I wanted to mention the bandit signs. We actually do a lot of our business via bandit signs. We get a right. lot of activities. So just, uh, I forget who the person was that was uh, inquiring about that or wanted to know. We get a really good like 30%, sometimes more of our deals via bandit sign. And the way we do it is we post on Craigslist for the folks to uh, to post it for us in cert- and we assign a certain area to post it in. And uh, we have an answering service that answers those calls. And then uh, we were hooked up to this system called CallRail and we're able to um, call them back. I mean, granted, we do get a lot of junk calls, but we do get a lot of um, motivated seller that way as well, too. So whoever that is, want to reach out to us. I can refer you to John, who actually has all of the uh, folks we work with. And we can explain how the system works. We're happy to help. Very cool. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anybody else have anything? Looks like we're kind of winding down. All right, cool. Uh, Next support call, 7.30 p.m. Thursday. If you guys need anything, just reach out. Otherwise, you guys have a profitable continuing week. I'll catch you guys next time. I'll take it easy. Thank you, Brad. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that call. I hope it gave you a little bit of a glimpse into the kind of deal structures that we create, the kind of negotiation that we do. I hope that you're able to take some of this and put it into your business. And again, if you're a little bit confused over what we talked about, that's okay. Most people are. There's a whole lot of groundwork and framework that we have to create before we get into high-level deal structuring. And so if you don't have that, then it's going to be more difficult for you to really grasp what we were talking about. Now, I do want to invite you to the apprenticeship. So if you feel like this kind of deal structure, this kind of negotiation structure would impact your business in a positive way, I want to invite you to be a part of the apprenticeship and that is by application only. So if you'd like to apply to join with us, then shoot me over an email. That's brad at bradsmotherman.com. We'll also add this to the show notes. Guys, it's application only because I really spend a lot of time one-on-one with my apprentices and I have to make sure that we have the right people, number one, and that number two, I feel comfortable with your market and your goals. So that's something that we're going to be talking about on our first call together. So if you'd like to join with us, you can do that at Brad Smotherman, brad at bradsmotherman.com. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Hope you enjoyed the episode and happy investing.